Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, 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 and welcome back to Talk the Plank, a Pittsburgh Pirates podcast on SB Nation's Bucks Dugout. In a special edition of Talk the Plank, Jake Slobodnik joining you. Uh, Nathan Hirsch unable to join me today as he's uh, attending to work-related duties, and normally we would um, wait till both of us are on, but unfortunately for this, uh, we have some news to share uh, for Talk the Plank. Um Trade season is officially underway. The Pittsburgh Pirates have made their first move in terms of selling. They have sold away first baseman slash designated hitter Daniel Vogelback to the New York Mets in exchange for 26-year-old Colin Holderman. Now, the initial scouting report on Holderman says that he's got some speed on his pitches. His fastball has reached 99, uh, according to Rob Beertemple of The Athletic uh, back in spring training. We'll talk about that a little bit. It's This is a weird move, uh, in my opinion. There's good and bad to it. Uh, was not expecting it, A, to happen this quickly and happen this, uh, you know, be really kickoff trade season, if you think about it. Uh, the move seemed like it took a total of five minutes for everything to come to fruition. And now Daniel Vogelback, probably one of the better hitters on the Pirates, is no longer on the team. On the contrary, the Pirates do get a solid reliever. But do his numbers seem deceptive? I believe so. Let's start with Vogelback. Pretty much an ode to Vogel. Probably a very, or one of the more charismatic players on the Pirates. Um, he is now gone this season. We'll take a look at his season stats. One of his better seasons for, uh, for you know, take that as you wish. He was a .5 war, according to baseball reference. Uh, and ironically, that's exactly what Holderman had too. hit 228, uh, 338 on base percentage slugged 430 uh, with 12 home runs, 34 RBIs, 29 runs scored OPS of 769 OPS plus of 117 absolutely decimated right-handed pitchers. Uh, this, in my opinion, is probably one of the better seasons that he's ever had. If you take away from the 2020 stint he had with Milwaukee, where he hit 328 in 19 games, um, and his 2019 season with Seattle, where he was an all-star, this arguably would be his third best season in the major leagues. It is just a shame now that he is no longer with the Pirates. And I say that because he was one of the more reliable bats against right-handed pitchers. That is, left-handed pitchers didn't really get that uh, much of a look. Uh, he could crank home runs when needed. He 
was able to, I guess, be situational when he needed. Really, the only downside, in my opinion, to Vogelback is that he would look at strike three the entire or a lot of the time. Um, but overall, just as a player, he was very, like I said earlier, charismatic. He brought the team up. He hyped them up. Uh, it was some. He was someone that the Pirates needed in terms of on and off the field. Um, and now the bad reasons I hate this trade, and I, I do, I will say I hate it initially, is that now we have Yoshi Satsugo as our everyday designated hitter. And sure, we can obviously say that Daniel Vogelback was not going to be in Pittsburgh long, and I'm sure that's what a lot of people are saying. I've already seen a lot of um, a lot of responses on Twitter, both on my account and the Bucks Dugout account, uh, which if you're not following either, you should right now. Um, pretty much, uh, people having mixed feelings. I've seen a lot of good reviews and a lot of bad reviews. There's a poll right now on Bucks Dugout's Twitter thoughts on the Vogelbach trade. Great, good, bad, awful. We take a look right now. Good leads the way 60% of the vote. Great leads 19%. That's second place. Bad comes in third and awful. Um, want to read some of the comments here on the trade itself. Justin McKinney at Justin B McKinney on Twitter said, it's an amazing trade. Vogie sucked. People just like the home runs and thought he contributed to this team besides laughs. Uh, okay. Yes. People did like the home runs and I will tell you why it was something I said when we first signed him. It's that, um, Daniel Vogelback brought something to the lineup that pirates needed desperately. And that was power. And one could argue that with Reynolds, Cruz, maybe Mason Martin now that Vogelback's gone, uh, which we can touch on in a little bit too, the the fate of Mason Martin. Um, but, I mean, we needed power. And Vogelback was a cheap signing for power. If I'm not mistaken, he had a club option for next year. I mean, it would have it made sense for us to keep him and see what he did next year. But, alas, we will never see that. That will only be a what-if down the road but justin does have some reason um i mean he like i said he's factual that people like the home runs i wouldn't say they just like the home runs i think it's the fact that he could produce against right-handed pitching left-handed pitching on occasion as well so there is some you know you could break that apart a little bit um he did contribute laughs i will say that i personally enjoyed him as a player watching him just you know the interactions he would have among players how hype he would get watching him run. I think was funny. All the memes you could make out of it. Um, but there is more to Daniel Vogelback than just laughs and home runs. In my opinion, he was, I mean, and let's look on the other side of the coin here. Yes. He could have absolutely started regressing and trade him while he's high. I've heard that since last year, but to me, this, this pushes the narrative that if you do good in a pirate's uniform, you're going to be traded no matter what. And I swear if this, and we can, we'll talk about this later too. Jose Quintana, if he's dealt too, it just pushes that narrative even farther. Um, but Vogelback, man, now that that leaves a gap in the lineup. And ironically enough, BHM bill on Twitter in our comments section said, how does this improve the hitting? Well, I'll tell you what it doesn't plain and simple. It does not improve our hitting in fact we take we've now taken a step back because now we have a guaranteed strikeout machine in yoshi Satsugo batting dh whereas vogelback was a nice refreshing breath yeah he struck out too but at least he put bat on ball and 
had a, and I hate, I know, a batting average. You never speak of it. But at least he had a batting average of over 200. Yoshi Stugo is hitting 170 or below. By the time this comes out, it could be a whole lot worse. And this, we're recording, I'm recording this um, shortly after the Pirates open the second half against the Miami Marlins. And Yoshi Satugo already has a strikeout. I will also dive further. Michael Chavis also has a strikeout. Diego Castillo, you see what I'm getting at here? And I know Castillo is not a first baseman or a DH, but it's the fact that our lineup is still striking out more, more often than not. And yet we just sold probably one of our better players to the New York Mets, which, okay, I, under, I understand um, the Mets, they needed a DH. Dom Smith was not that good. But in my opinion, if the Mets seriously wanted a DH that bad, they probably could have gotten away with adding Dom Smith to that trade. If, they, if he is that bad as they predict him to be, and if people think that we're getting a steal with Colin Holderman, then they probably could have thrown in uh, Dom Smith just as, you know, just as something. I'm sure Charrington could have inquired about it, saying, hey, you send us Dom Smith and Holderman, we'll give you Vogel back straight up. No problems there. I feel like that could have been easily agreed upon by New York and Pittsburgh. Because even if Smith isn't the greatest in the world, he's at least a good placeholder. And maybe a change of scenery would have, you know, done a lot better for him. But no, we only do a one-for-one straight up. I hope that Vogelback does well over in the Big Apple. I hope he continues the success that he's brought over to Pittsburgh. I just feel that it is a big shame that we get rid of one of our best bats. And I know being a best bat on the Pirates isn't as luxurious as you think it is. But the fact that he was actually hitting home runs, hitting consistently at times, especially against right-handed, if I'm not mistaken, he had a 900 OPS against right-handed pitchers. Left-handed pitchers, not so fortunate. But I know the number was high on right-handed pitchers. Yoshi Sutsugo can't hit right-handed pitchers. You put a brick wall in front of him that stands... A thousand feet high and a thousand feet wide, and you put Satsugo right in the middle of it, he still will whiff and come up empty. But this but we trust him more in the lineup than anybody else as the DH role. And I guess we're getting our money's worth if you think about it with Yoshi, because we did sign him this offseason based off fan wants. I was part of that, and now I feel stupid for wanting Yoshi back. And maybe I'll look stupid for hating this trade. But I, I can't fathom. I've tried seeing both sides, positive and goods, or positive and negative in this. But I can't find it. The only shred of positivity I can find is Holderman's potential using his velocity. Because that seems to be the only argument that I see anybody come up with. And the thing is, the question of how does this improve our hitting? It doesn't, but it takes away from one area and puts it on another. And I see something here from, <laughs> this is an ironic Twitter handle, at I am a Pirates fan. Literally, I am a Pirates fan. He quote tweeted somebody's tweets and says, having to trade good players to get good pen pieces is bad. Last year, we, saw, we somewhat saw the opposite 
And that was whenever the Pirates traded Austin Davis for Michael Chavis. For what it is worth, Michael Chavis was the best part of that. And we did win that trade. Austin Davis was nothing. You never hear about him anymore. Chavis is at least every day starting, and he looks good on defense. It can hit sometimes. So overall, I think that's a good trade. But I agree with this. Having to trade good players to get good pen pieces is bad. Especially for a club that's trying to build back up. I said this when the trade first broke. I said, when does the build back begin? And that has been my question all season. I thought this year was the year that we start building back up. But after this trade, I can't say that. But let's stop talking about why getting rid of Vogelback was bad. And let's talk about why getting Colin Holderman was a good thing. Let me open up his baseball savant page. See if he has anything. That's the thing. In, in, in his, his base surface, base level in the MLB, he has gotten a few crumbs in the MLB. He has pitched 17 and two-thirds innings at age 26. He's 4-0 with a 2.04 ERA. According to Mets fans, he was getting the admiration more of Buck Showalter. Okay, a little bit of good there. Looking at his pitch arsenal, he throws a sinker 50.2% of the time. So maybe Ray Searage came back from wherever he is now and had a little bit of say in the trade. Holderman also brings on a cutter that he throws 33% of the time. Also has a slider and a changeup. So he's not an established fastball pitcher. He's at least got moves on every single uh, movement, I mean, uh, on every single one of his pitches. And I'm looking at pitch tracking. And then we're going to look at his batted ball profile. Opposing hitters hit 290 off his sinker, which he throws 50% of the time. If I read that right, yes. 50% of the time he throws that. He doesn't give up many triples or, uh, you know, more, any home runs. He has no home runs. He's actually garnered three strikeouts on the contrary. Opponents are really starting to, you know, get base knocks for it. 290 batting average. His, their expected batting average against his sinker is 307. And listen, before you say anything, uh-oh, Jake's talking about batting average. You don't do that in 2022. That's forbidden. If you do, you don't know anything about baseball. But the thing is, this number right here should be a little alarming. I'm looking at his stats. Hitters only whiff 11% of the time against his sinker. He's having more luck with his cutter and slider, which isn't a bad thing. But if your main pitch can't do much and you're giving up numbers to other teams, then that says something. You can have all the, all the velocity in the world. And I think this is where a lot of people get this mixed up. You can have all the velocity in the world, but when you can't get, get hitters out with it, then what are you doing? Why, what's the good in that? And we look at his batted ball profile. This year, he has, um, hitters have pulled him 43% of the time, rounding up. And have barreled the ball 7% of the time. Granted, maybe not great solid percent or solid hitting percentage at 2.4. They're hitting, you're getting hits based off luck and flair, but still it's the fact that they are finding hits. And I don't know whether to think that 
you know, this is a really good thing. And I feel like a lot of people see this and they take the limited amount of time in the MLB and they blow it up to proportions. Now let's look at his uh, minor league stats. Maybe they salvage his value a little bit. Okay, not terrible. 2022 in AAA with Syracuse over in New York. Um, he was 1-0, 251 ERA in 11 games. But again, 11 games, uh, 14 innings. See, this guy's sample size is not that big. He He's garnered, garnered 17 strikeouts and only walked three. But again, limited sample size. And I mean, you're pitching in the minor leagues, which you're either facing has-beens, you're either facing guys who are never going to make it to the MLB, or you're in that rare instance, you're facing guys that are going to be the next cornerstone of any franchise. What if Holderman is a good arm for the Pirates? Okay, that's fine. But again, it brings you back to the question, what are they going to do with the hitting? You can't just keep picking and choosing what side you want to build up. You got to build up both. As a team, if you're trying to build back up for the future, you need to build both. You can't just keep picking and choosing. You can't say, oh, I'm going to send you a hitter if you give me a pitcher, and vice versa. You can't keep doing that. Now, unless Holderman is, you know, one of these guys that's going to turn out to be one of the studs in the MLB in the bullpen, which very rarely is that going to, is that going to be the case, it's, it's almost not worth it. And the fact that Vogelbach, I wouldn't be so mad with this trade if Vogelbach didn't have another year or another year in his, in his contract, a possible option. I wouldn't be that mad or that disappointed, I should say. You can't really be, and we said this the other day with draft picks, you can't be happy or mad or sad, I guess, with trades or draft picks because you want to see how they turn out. So I'll just say I'm a little bit more disappointed because I thought we would have given Vogelbach another shot. And I don't know why, but I am drawing similar conclusions of, um, or, or I guess comparisons for when the Pirates had a guy by the name of John Holdscomb. When he was with the Pirates, he had a lot of, he had the same traits, velocity. He was highly touted as one of the better relievers and one of the more underrated names. Now, I'm trying to see how the Pirates got Holdscomb. I think they just signed him. Oh, they signed him to a minor league contract, then selected him later in the 2014 season. And guess what they did? They DFA'd him after that. He was supposed to be a part of the bullpen for years to come. And then they DFA'd him after the 2014 season, never to be heard from again. I thought he was going to be those mainstay guys. And I'm kind of scared because I feel like Colin Holderman might be that guy too. He's 26, and he's just now finding the major leagues. Albeit, he's got four wins under his belt in 17 innings. But if I'm going off what Pirates Twitter says, why would you ever look at record? And that's another thing that I find really ironic. Pirates Twitter, and I've been looking at this today, they're screenshotting Holderman's page that I'm actually looking at. His main page on MLB.com, his player profile. It's got the record, ERA, games, innings pitched, strikeout, and whip. The bare basics, which, if I'm not mistaken, a lot of people try to refrain from looking at 
because people say those are the the statistics that you can't go by. So why are we looking at that now? I don't get it. It makes no sense to me. And I I swear, if this is another John Holtzcomb or that Law From Boise guy, I forget his first name. If, if this is another situation, then what was the point? I'm going to put my personal bias aside for a second. The mission here was to bolster the bullpen. And if the numbers aren't lying in what he said, what he does and what he did is what he's going to bring. Then a good trade for the Pirates. From a team standpoint, from a, a performance standpoint, very, very good. And ironically, not ironically, weirdly enough, he was our ninth round pick in 2016 by the Mets. So he wasn't an early rounder. He was a late rounder, a mid rounder, I should say. And he's finding success in the major leagues now. If he can transcend that over to the Pirates, great. Personally, though, I'm not a fan of it. To me, I I feel like this is the same initial reaction I had when the Pirates traded Adam Frazier. And look at what we got now. We got two prospects, one who leads rookies in home runs in the MLB, and then we have – or in the NL, I should say. And then we have another guy who can be a good contact middle infielder. So maybe my anger and disappointment in this move, maybe I need to step back a little bit and look at for what it is. Look at how they are trying to build this team. And if it is a good move for the Pirates, good for them. They've proven fan base is wrong. Personally, I think this is just a move that furthers the point that if you do good on the Pirates and you're on a small contract, you will most likely not see the team next year or at the second half of the year. We couldn't even get out of the all-star break and play a game before the Pirates made a trade. And I really wish I had Nathan or maybe somebody else from Bucks dugout or even, you know, just somebody else who's either a Met or a Pirates fan just to talk this out with. Because this would be a good opportunity to maybe level out my anger level out my disappointment, and see both sides of the coin here. I've tried to. I like the fact that he's 6'7", which I wonder how tall John Holtzkin was. He was 6'9". Hey, a little bit of a comparison. Holderman's 240. Holtzkin was 245. It is like seeing into a mirror. Uh, And I I really don't know. And you know what? (laughs) This is even funnier. Holtzkin was drafted by the Mets. This this is so going to be ironic when Holderman is not a pirate after a year. Like, seriously. And I have nothing against Holderman personally. I'm sure he's a great guy, and I'm sure he's a workhorse. And, I mean, like I said in previous episodes, the guy made it to the major leagues. So, clearly, he doesn't suck because I'm just behind a microphone. He's on a major league field. But the similarities to Holtzcomb, man. And Holtzcomb was a pretty good reliever for the Pirates. Maybe Holderman can be. But even if he is, expect him not to be around for a while. Let's hope he brings some good to the bullpen. Let's hope Vogelback continues to stay good over in New York. I have friends who are Mets fans, and I'm going to talk to them and see how they what they think of this. And maybe we'll include it in a story on BucksDugout.com. But a gut check reaction, not a personal fan of it, might be good. Might be a low-risk, high-reward move because we didn't give up too, too much if we're trying to play fairly and look down the middle. But, man, this is so disappointing. I thought we could have at least got got two players out of this, even if it's just a lottery prospect, too, because I think that would have been a much better return than just one-for-one one straight up. But what does this spell now for left-handed pitcher Jose Quintana? 
I had Quintana being dealt way before Vogelbach. In fact, I thought Vogelbach was going to finish the season in a Pirates uniform and Quintana was going to be on another team, whether it be for a starting role or a long relief role. But now it poses the question, what are they going to do with them? I think they're going to trade them. People don't want that to happen. I don't want that to happen. I don't want them to really trade anybody who's good for the Pirates. But something tells me that now it's going to be a full sale at the deadline. And I think we're just going to see more of the same. You're in a Pirates uniform. Don't expect to be around for a while. Because you're going to be gone one way or another. And I feel bad for Quintana, too, because he's probably now going to be the, the center of conversation among fans, among the media, about, you know, where is he going to go to next? And I know it's going to weigh on him. It's got, it has to weigh on anybody who is the epicenter of trade talks, even Brian Reynolds when he was. I think that this is going to affect him. I still think Quintana is going to be dealt, although I don't want that to happen. Because we need a we need a veteran arm in the in the rotation, and he's been pretty good for us. So leave him there. Don't trade him. Keep him here. But unfortunately, I think that's going to be the case. And if this deal proves anything, it's that either the Pirates are going to fleece somebody, but it's going to be a small return, or they're going to waste a trade on a ton of lottery prospects. To me, I think it's going to be another Tyler Anderson situation. You know, we bring in Anderson, he does well, and we pretty much say, screw it, we're going to trade him for somebody. We have to trade him for somebody. Maybe not somebody that is good or could be a good for the team, but a good nonetheless. And like last year, we got Carter Benz, who I guess isn't really doing too, too bad. Um, let me look up his stats real quick. He's he's in AAA, so he's going through the minor league system. But I don't let me look at his numbers. He's hitting 175 this season. <laughs> and Joaquin Tejada was the other guy we traded for Tyler Anderson. They're not doing anything. They are not doing a, a thing with any of the teams. And Tyler Anderson just appeared in the All-Star game. Think about that. Now, it's not guaranteed that he would have been an all-star with the Pirates this year. But it could have been a possibility. We could have had Tyler Anderson and Jose Quintana. But we don't. Because we feel the need to trade everybody once we once they do good. Like, it makes no sense to me. You've got to have some veteran leadership here. But alas, the Pirates are probably going to trade Jose Quintana. We're going to get probably more shoddy pitching probably makes way for Cody Bolton to make an appearance in the rotation this year, which good for Cody. If it does good, I'm not mad about that, but I am mad. I would be mad that we moved Jose Quintana for that. And there's also been some speculation that Brubaker could be part of the trade block too. Maybe I could see him going in a package deal. I don't know where, uh, where he would go, but it's possible. Um, I think it would be a good bargaining chip. And I mean, if but I'm, I'm sure fans and myself included wouldn't like that if he was dealt, but that might be the case. I don't know. So I guess this sort of open uh, to recap, this whole thing sort of opens a door about nobody's safe on the on the team, aside maybe from Reynolds and Hayes. Hayes clearly, but Reynolds, I guess you could fit Bednar into that too. Contreras, 
and Keller. I'd say are the only people that you can look at and realize that they are safe in some form. But Vogelback being the first one to be traded for the Pirates it clearly indicates that nobody is safe other than those four. So I can't wait to see what happens in the coming weeks when the Pirates dive deeper into trade season. I don't know who they're going to go get. I don't know who they're going to deal. I don't know what kind of crazy packages they're going to make. If they make any packages at all, we might see more one-for-one trades. I just hope that this pays off. If we're getting rid of one of our best hitters, let's at least get a good hitter at the deadline or close to it. I hope we don't give up an arm and a leg for it, but I would like to see a good bat come into the lineup. There should be bats that come in that replace Josh Van Meter, Yoshi Sutsugo, and if I'm looking at the Pirates roster right now that we need to replace, maybe Tyler Heineman. But Heineman's actually been somewhat of a better, a better hitter. Jason DeLay should be safe. And I guess I forgot to mention that Ben Gamble could possibly be gone too. Because, you know, a lot of people have been saying that. I don't know who's going to be traded. I don't know who's going to be packaged. I don't know who's safe other than those four I mentioned earlier. All I know is that the Pirates, I think, made a mistake on this one. Maybe not a drastic mistake like I'm panning it out to be, but I just think they got a little too in over their heads with this. And I think Vogelback's going to go rake over in New York. I hope Holderman does well with the Pirates. I hope that we won this trade. My gut feeling is that we didn't. But then again, I was very much wrong about the Adam Frazier trade last year. So if you have a differing opinion about me, put it in the comments at Bucks Dugout, either on this podcast, on the story on the page, uh, on the tweet with the poll in it. And, you know, I don't care if you bash me. I don't care what you say. Tell me how it is. Tell me what you think. That's what the comment forums are for, and we encourage you to voice your opinion about this sort of thing. That's going to do it for this emergency episode of Talk the Plank, a Bucks Dugout podcast from SB Nation's Bucks Dugout. Uh, episode 76, hopefully Nathan will join me next time. Hopefully uh, they make a trade whenever he's not working because I definitely need a second opinion here that's definitely going to be a little bit more unbiased. But I'm sure we'll get his opinion in the next episode that we're in together. So stay tuned. Make sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you may be listening to this, whether it be Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your favorite podcast because you don't want to miss an a-, a minute of Talk the Plank or anything Bucks Dugout. Make sure to follow Bucks Dugout on Twitter as well. Also follow me at underscore Radio Jake on Twitter. You can also follow Nathan underscore Hirsch on Twitter. He may not be in the episode, but we want to promote his Twitter as well and get him some love as well. So go follow Nathan. Go follow me. Go follow Bucks Dugout. In the meantime, we'll see you next time here on Bucks Dugout Talk the Plank. Trade season is officially underway. The Pirates not wasting any time and getting involved with it. Best of luck to Colin Holderman as he comes over to the Pirates. And, of course, we salute Daniel Vogelback for his great service here in the bird. I'm Jake. We'll sign off, and we'll see you next time on Talk the Plank.